Hey, it's Richie, and before we start the show, we have a new sponsor to tell you about here on the Hockey Podcast Network, only for our friends outside the state of Arizona. You can download the DraftKings app right now, use the promo code THPN, and you can enter the free $55 million Super Bowl Prediction Challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. So use the promo code THPN right now and you can enter that free $55 million Super Bowl challenge, DraftKings.com or the DraftKings app. Of course, DraftKings is the official fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. And who do you have winning the big game? The Chiefs? The Buccaneers? You can predict the winner and answer other questions like who will score first and boom, get ready to make it rain. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players since 2012. And so they know a thing or two about big paydays. Once again, if you're outside of the state of Arizona, take advantage. DraftKings.com, promo code THPN. I'm Corey Hunter. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. Um, it is... A wonderful Thursday. I'm losing my days of the week. Um, It will be game two tonight against the Ducks after a disappointing 1-0 loss. Um, We will be talking about that very shortly. Um, We will also be talking about some issues that the NWHL had with Barstool and, um, you know, we now found out that Chaika has been suspended for the rest of 2021 due to his um, termination, his own termination from the Coyotes and um, his exploring other opportunities outside of the Coyotes. So um, that came down over the past couple of days. It's been very interesting so far on um on, on hockey socials. So we've got a lot to cover in a little bit of time. So per the usual, I, we need to get right into it. And I need to introduce her as always, my wonderful and amazing co-host, Richie Suave Flores. How you doing? Hello, Corey. I'm doing wonderful. I have, we are recording at uh, past 10 o'clock here tonight. Um, and so I still have some of my coffee with me here to drink. So I'm still drinking a little bit of the coffee here from uh, Dutch Bros. So I can get through the podcast for a late night recording. Um, Also, uh, one quick story. So in light of the Bernie Sanders meme from the inauguration, I have a fun story. I haven't sent you the picture yet. I got to send you the picture. I don't have it with me. It's out in the other room. But when I was at work today, these uh, um, nice older ladies came through my line and I, I, um, I rang up their groceries and I, and I was like, hey, thanks. Thank you. Have Take care. Whatever. And as they were, you know, putting away their stuff, I saw in one of their purses, 
a Bernie Sanders meme keychain, right? And it was Bernie Sanders with his mittens. And it's already made chains. Yes. But here's the cool part about this. That story gets better. I go, uh, as they're going away, I go, Oh my gosh. With a really excited voice. You know how I get really excited. If my voice like gets super excited and you can tell, uh, with a big grin on yeah, my face, very I can tell because of my mask. Right. And I go, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I love that keychain. Where'd you get it? And the woman goes, oh, I made it myself. And I go, oh, that's awesome. I love that. That's really cool. And and she goes, oh, well, do you want this one? Like, I can make another one. Because, she again, she made it oh herself. Yeah, it turned out really cool. And she just takes it off her purse. And she gives, me, gives it to me as a gift. And I was, like, so excited by this. It made me so happy. It made my day. It made my week. And I now have it to cherish in my, it's out in the other room. I'll send you a picture of it. I'll tweet it out from the sporty account too. But that that's how we're going to kick off the podcast is a very, very much in a positive light that people in this world are, are still very nice and very talented enough to give me something, a cashier at Sprouts for goodness sake, something that they worked. I don't know how long she worked on it, maybe hours. And it was so beautifully done. It looks so cool. And just, just decided to give it to me. Somebody she's probably never seen in her life, maybe never see again. And I thought I was like, man, that made my day. And it made me really happy. So I'm really happy tonight. That's awesome. That's really cool. It's really cool that she even, like, that she made one. I was about to say, that's a quick turnaround time for wherever she got that from. I was like, I was thinking maybe, like, Etsy or something. Like, that was a very quick turnaround time from when the meme started to when she had a keychain. So that's why I was like dang already but that's that's really awesome that's really cool of her to uh to give that to you how sweet of her what a nice lady shout out to the lady in the sprouts line today good for you good for you being a good person it made my day i was very excited and like she couldn't see my face which is the kind of the crazy part of it but i I, she could probably hear it in my voice how excited i was about it Oh, Richie, you don't hide your excitement. It's very easy to tell that you're excited. <laughs> As I'm sure you can tell on the podcast for the podcast listeners, you can hear me, my excitement, just telling the story. Oh, yeah. You, you do, like, it's, there's, Richie doesn't do anything subtly. Richie is either, like, calm or he is like super excited and is and is freaking out. And I'm saying this in like every sense of the meaning. Even in the way that he like walks, you know, he like always has like a a, a quick walk about him, right? He kind of has like a bob. He always just kind of like walks and bobs at the same time. But it's his bob turns into almost like a full-blown jump when he's excited. Like it's like or he has to go to the bathroom, one of the two. Like he's just like beelining it for something and he will just and it's basically the way everything is with you it's and it's so nice it's so refreshing because of the fact that like you know people don't get genuinely excited about things Richie will get genuinely excited for you you don't need to be excited he will be excited for you it's like the coolest shit ever it's it's great vibes to be around honestly thank you I wish everybody was a little bit more like that but I I I like 
to be as positive as I possibly can. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you recognize that. And I'm glad, hopefully other people recognize that as well. And, uh, yeah, you're right. I, uh, uh, something to be excited about here in 2021 because Lord knows the Coyotes haven't been very exciting so far to start the year as their record now stands at 2-4-1. 2-4-1. There you go. Um, yeah, I was coming into this Ducks game really, really hoping that um, the Coyotes would show up the way that they did in some of those Vegas games where you definitely saw them trying, like coming out really aggressive and really trying to get pucks in the net and getting, trying to get quality chances. And that was not what we saw whatsoever. They had a ton of offensive zone time. It was great for that. They, um, their, their puck possession was great. Their chances though, in front of the net and quality chances were absolutely horrendous they were all perimeter shots which is completely a coyote thing to be doing honestly it's a you know it's nothing shocking to us just like it's nothing shocking to us that uh there is no one player that um you know that is is burying goals on this team because the fact that they just don't have that talent um even when you have players like taylor hall come in Somehow he still even got a little bit off his flow when he was here because I don't know. There is something in the water. There hasn't really been a great goal scorer for the Coyotes since about probably 2011, 2012 um, with Redeem Verbata. And, and that's very frustrating. We've mentioned it before on, uh, on the show, but this is going to be a problem that they will always have until they find someone to fix it. And I've said this many times before. I feel like that should be Clayton Keller and that should be his position on this team. However, in it's not particularly what we're going to be seeing out of him because of the fact that he is more of a playmaker and he just does not have um, the aggression and the skill to bury it. Like, it just every single time I watch him play, I lose more, I lose faith each time in seeing him become what this team needs him to be. So it's going to have to come from outside of this team, I feel like. Yeah, 100%. I think this is... You know, we thought maybe this team. Look, I, we and Corey and I knew coming into the season that the this team's biggest issue was going to be scoring goals, and it's showing up again. And the one person that's taking notice right now is Bill Armstrong, and I think he's seeing now that this team isn't going to fix what's broken them for so many years. And because from what I saw against Anaheim is a team that is, you know, I, I am sick of this team playing good hockey and not scoring goals. And I don't know where the disconnect there is. It should be easier to play like they are playing and, and actually put the puck in the back of the net and they're not doing it. And I I don't, I'm out of answers for this team right now. I can't imagine 
what Rick Talkin and the coaching staff are going through right now. It's just, it's frustrating beyond repair. And it's just like, I don't know where this team goes from here. And that you can say that in the short term and the long term. So tonight's game against Anaheim, who knows? Maybe they figure out a way to win the game, you know, three to two or two to one, whatever. But in the long term, it's just not sustainable. They're not going to make the playoffs if they continue to have these offensive issues. It just can't happen. Players can't disappear like Clayton Keller, who I, I'm looking up his, his stats to begin the season here really quickly. He's got three points in seven games, Corey. You're right. I, I, I wonder if Granted, we're seven games in the season, right? It doesn't seem like that many, but a shortened season, these games are going to go by so quick. And when you're playing teams like Anaheim, who struggle offensively too, and they're still beating you, and you're only, if you're Clayton Keller and you're making $6.5 million a year, but you're only putting up three points in seven games, I wonder if we're going to see some big changes with this team at the trade deadline. Well, and you are essentially playing a team that is not a team. You are playing Gibson. That is who you are playing. He is a stellar goaltender. Darcy Kemper is better, but Gibson is a stellar goaltender. So in the fact that he is able to keep them in these games, that's it. Like, you are playing him. That team does trash in front of them. That. If that team was a much better team only all around, then yes, they would be killing it. But he has no one in front of him to help him. And and that is kind of the pain I feel like Darcy Kemper is feeling a little bit right now. Not in the fact that he doesn't have anyone in front of him to help him, but the fact that he is holding the there he's holding the coyotes in these games and he is, you know, like I've always said. If you can keep them within three goals, you sh- they sh- that should be able to give them the ability to win the game. And the fact that he only gave up one goal and they still weren't able to win that game. They were shut out completely for the second game in a row. And that's so frustrating coming from the Coyotes who do it all the time. It's the same old spiel that we have to relive all the fucking time. And with any other team, you know, with with that game against Vegas, the entire time it, I kept on getting uncomfortable because I was like, the Coyotes need to score because if not, Vegas will. It's going to come eventually. It's not going, this game isn't going to end 0-0. It always, there ends up being a breaking point where someone breaks through and, it all, and I go, and it needs to be the Coyotes because if, if they don't, then this game's done. And I knew that, and it's very sad that I knew that from the get-go because of the fact that soon as they're down and they haven't been able to be the one that punches through that that ceiling there, it completely just goes away. They cannot come back. And it's so irritating and infuriating, and I can only imagine how Darcy Kemper feels and the fact that he has been been working so hard for this team and they haven't been um, helping him out and contributing. And it is really sad that Glenn Keller only has three points in seven games. I mean, come on. I've said it before and I will say it again. 
I root for him to do well because he can do well here and he can produce. He just can't. And I don't know what it is and I don't know what will get him there. Um, it, it frustrates the shit out of me because sometimes, you know, um, players like that, we've seen them here in Arizona who really haven't done well and then we send them out of the state and they start to look better. Uh, Dylan Strom was one of those. He he started to to look a little bit better once once he was out of here. Um, it, it's so difficult as a fan and as people who have followed the franchise for so long and have really rooted for them to watch this and literally be reliving the same mistakes every single night. And when they are playing these games against the California teams. They need to be winning these games because these are the ones in the, sh- in the shortened season that should be given to them. They should be the ones that were like, okay, no worries. These are going to be the ones that get won because of the fact that you're going to have a fight in all of the other, the other teams that aren't in California. Those are going to be ones that are going to be hard for you to win. So you need to be able to take these and take them easily and it's so frustrating to see this and you have to wonder if some of it comes from the fact of of the fact that they are still licking their wounds from that Vegas loss um, over that controversial that controversial um, icing or no icing call and um, if that's the case then then seriously we've talked about so many times about them being young and naive but come on, you have to be able to come back, have a short memory. This is a new game, capitalize, come in aggressive, screen the goaltender and get some quality shots. Really just get some some shots from the slot and really just put those on net instead of these like really sloppy perimeter shots, which is they're very known for at like, for the past couple seasons because of the fact that they just start flinging pucks at the net. They are not actual quality shots. And I don't know if it's the fact that they are missing people who have really that awareness of, uh, of where they're at in the ice and, and their ability to, to screen the, the goaltender and to really set up these plays, but they aren't getting there and they're taking really bad shots and they could have literally all of the offensive zone time in the world and still not score a goal. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's frustrating. I think the team as a whole is running out of answers for it. Rick Tockett, after the first loss to Anaheim, said this. He said, we've still got to get in front of the net and we've still got to get some shots through, some hard shots. We had the puck a lot tonight, but you got to find a way to score. It's the bottom line. We need some guys to score some goals for us. And like the wild thing about that is, you know, we don't, the Coyotes don't have pure goal scorers. I'd say like some other teams do right where, yeah, Phil Kessel's probably the most well-known in the bunch, but he's lost a step obviously from his heyday, but we know Phil Kessel still has a very good shot. We know that Barrett Hayton, I think has a very good shot. We've saw, saw it in junior, saw it earlier this season on one of his goals, right? We know these guys have some the ability to score goals, right? We've seen Connor Garland seemingly be the best guy in terms of 
you know, getting into the dirty areas, into the crease, creating havoc for the defensemen, and and just being able to get in places to create opportunities for himself and other players. But they need more of that. They need more of what Connor Garland does on this team right now, and they're just not getting it. And, you know, they're not getting it from guys like Christian Fisher. They're not getting it from guys like Lawson Krause on the bottom six, who I feel like are guys that they – that can do that, but have never really figured out quite how to do it at the NHL level. And that leads me to, to, you know, one last thing on this game, Corey, before we we move on, which is I feel like tonight's game against Anaheim is almost a must win, right? Not only is it a must score, they got to snap their goal goal scoring drought, but they need to beat this Ducks team to just to get some confidence back in them again because they did it against Vegas, right? After they got shellacked 5-2 in that game against Vegas, they came back home and won 5-2, put out their best performance that entire four-game set against Vegas. And I feel like they need to do the same thing against Anaheim. They need two points in this game. They need to win. They need to score three or more goals because they're headed out on the road to play some really tough teams. And I wonder if a road trip after what is hopefully a win against Anaheim is exactly what this team needs. Is this team just needs to change something and slash or everything at the same time? Yeah, I, I, I guess if I was to say what I really want to see out of them in particular this next game or this game tonight, I guess it would be, um, it would be to see them be really fucking annoying. Like I just want them to annoy the shit out of the Ducks. Like, and that is the thing is they need to come into this game super cocky and super just ready to uh, annoy the shit out of them, really get in their face, really get in Gibson's face and just kind of assert yourself, you know, push yourself into these situations, you know, bully your way into the crease, get some nice screens and just really dominate on the ice tonight. Like that is what I would really like to see out of them. So if I was to sum it up, is I just really want them to annoy the fuck out of the Ducks. I agree, because that's kind of what the Ducks did to the Coyotes. Remember what I said when you and I were on the Ducks podcast earlier in the week? Yeah, you jinxed it. Well, you jinxed it, absolutely. I didn't jinx it, okay? Did not jinx it. I did not say they were going to lose, okay? I did not say, I, all I said, and I ended up being correct, was that the only way the Ducks beat the Coyotes is if the Ducks frustrate the Coyotes. And it starts with John Gibson having a really good track record against the team. And if John Gibson is good, that will frustrate the Coyotes and it will force them to make a mistake. And that's exactly what happened. So I did not jinx anything. I just called it like I saw it. And I was 100% correct. I don't know. Isn't there a Richie Jinx? There is, yes, but that's not the Richie Jinx because it is exactly what happened. Usually the Richie Jinx is when I say something and the complete opposite happens. That is true. That is that is very accurate. I, I just wanted to give you a little bit of shit because I didn't like the fact that you said that and you were correct, but I I still had to watch it and watch three periods of it. <laughs> Yeah, it was, you got it to was be very frustrating. Yeah, 
I don't think I was that. I have been that frustrated after a Coyotes game in a while. That's how frustrating that game was. I haven't been that frustrated since the um, game against Minnesota where Darcy Kemper got injured. That it was the last time I was that level frustrated. And I would say for me, it was those two games at the end of that Colorado series when it was what seven to two and eight to one or something. Those were pretty bad. Yeah, that's just depressing though. It's not frustrating. Like, yes. It's yes. straight up depressing. Yeah, that's a good that's a good a good descriptor for those two games. Okay, uh we are, we will get to some random shit in this episode. We didn't have a chance to do it on the Monday episode, but I got a couple of great stories coming for you in just a few minutes. But first we wanted to touch on one more thing from around the NH or not the NHL this week, but around the hockey world this week. And that is the controversy surrounding Barstool Sports and the NWHL. This blew up on on Tuesday night into Wednesday. We talked about the NWHL on our on our Monday show and it continues to grow and grow and grow. Congratulations to the Toronto Six, the expansion team in the NWHL this year. They got their first ever win as a franchise back on, on Tuesday night. They beat what is probably maybe the best roster in the NWHL in the Boston Pride. That game is actually going on at the same time as the Coyotes game, and I was watching both at the same time. So congratulations to the Toronto Six on getting your first ever win in the NWHL. So, but unfortunately things got derailed from that conversation into a conversation about how bad barstool sports is at everything. And, um, and Corey, uh, you and I both did our best to read up on this. It's a very kind of wild all over the place type story, but um, it basically boils down to the barstool sports CEO, um, Erica, uh, let me get her name right, Erica. Oh, here we go. Yeah, Erica Nardini. Um, basically. Well, and let me clarify something really quickly. A lot of people think that uh, Dave Partnoy is the the CEO or whatever. He is not. She is. Um, he. They had. Well, they've they've had a lot of like issues, uh, sexism, racism wise, and stuff like that. So I think they made her CEO as to kind of like as a way to try and bridge that a little bit. And then they just made, um, I forget what his title is. He, he may be president, but not like he, she, he may be president, she's CEO or something. I don't know. But he's, he's still like the main face, but then they put her in that position, I think is like a way to try and help with the sexism stuff. Don't quote me on that, but I, I think that's what that is. But a lot of people, I think, get really confused because they always think of Partnoy uh, when they think of um, Barstool. But I just want to clarify that. Sure. So here's what where the kind of firestorm came from. Uh, I'm reading from an article here from USA Today from Hamal Javeri, who is a terrific writer, covers uh, sports and culture and for USA Today Sports. Um, in her article, she says this, that it's no surprise that any alliance with Barstool, whether it be through Portnoy, Portnoy or Nardini, means 
legitimizing a toxic cesspool of bad behavior. As the site's CEO, Nardini could take a firm stand against such behavior, but under her leadership, that kind of behavior has not just continued to thrive, but she has actively participated in it. And she put out a video where essentially she was, you know, making fun of, of a lot of people, a lot of, um, uh, supporters of the league, basically trying to call them out for supporting the league and trying to play favorites. Like, Hey, I'm the real supporter here, blah, 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 blah. Again, it's, it's all very messy, but the back, the backlash of this came from, it started with Soroya Tinker. It was basically her getting defensive. She did yeah. like a, a video basically like it was showing all of these tweets of people um, that were, that didn't like Barstool and were getting like mad at her. And she was basically saying, all I did was bring attention to um, NWHL when, you know, it, it could use all of the support that it needs. Like, why are you guys coming at me? Um, and Barstool when all I'm trying to do is help you. But of course, per the usual with anything that is Barstool, um, uh, even when they try to do something good, um, it there are a lot of the people that religiously follow them and um, try and defend them um, say some pretty terrible shit. So 100%. all those people that got mentioned in that video got attacked. Exactly. And so after Nardini tweeted out this video, some players from the NDBHL spoke out and tried to say, listen, we don't want anything to do with you or Barstool Sports because of the culture that it brings along. Again, Soroya Tinker, she's currently with the Metropolitan Riveters. She is, of course, a black woman. She said, we as a league do not want to support from any openly racist platform, point blank, period, if you as a CEO cannot recognize that your platform promotes that of white supremacy and only further divides the athletic community, perhaps we need to have a conversation. Please keep your money. Uh, Anya Packer, who is another NWHL player, um, also commented on it. And then the league actually put out a statement saying this. Um, I would like to respond to the video posted last night by a media platform about the NWHL. Uh, the success of our movement hinges on respect, opportunity, and a strong sense of connectedness across our players, team, staff, fans, partners, and supporters. Let's keep the focus on our athletes. There is no circumstance where it would be acceptable to call out many of the reporters, staff members, and fans who have given so much to women's hockey. Like every professional sports league, the NWHL has a formal application review process for prospective owners, and this will continue to be strictly adhered to. We have received inquiries from several groups interested in purchasing clubs, but the NWHL will not sell a club to anybody who has not been fully supportive of the league's values. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a mess. And uh, I hope, you know, I, the NWHL continues to grow from this somehow. And just and and Barstool just just goes away. Like if Barstool just never existed, I'd be a very very happy man at this point. But because uh, it's a, it's kind of a shame again because that this whole thing, this whatever you want to call it, controversy from Barstool is taking away from what is 
a the sport and the league that is continuing to grow. And Corey, you see people on Twitter every time there's an NWHL game on, like I see constant tweets about it, about the Toronto Six, right? And uh, and unfortunately, this is not what the league needs right now. And I'm glad to see the players and the league saying, basically, we don't need you. Go away. Well, and yeah, and so the reason why uh, the NWHL put in there about um, people own, owning the team and stuff like that, at the very end of that video that I was talking about before, she mentions the fact that she would love to own an NWHL team and that uh, to and then provided her email so that way they could reach out about her owning a team. So that's where that's coming from as well. So basically after she ripped on all these people um, for ripping on her and then, you know, like all of their little like minions, I guess you could call them, kind of like go from there and um, and, and, and attack from there. Um after they all did that, she then said that she has a desire to own a team. Um, I, I, I don't know if it's uh, ignorance or what, but I mean, like, it's kind of like, what did you expect would happen if you were to call these people out, put their tweets out there, put, you know, um, with their names and everything else out there and it was it was kind of a revenge video honestly i mean like what do you expect would come from it like i under, i understand that her initial intentions were were good from from her side of it where she, she she thought she was coming from um but it there's a lot of very uh, like a, a lot of racism and toxic masculinity in the culture of Barstool and um, in the culture of their following and their following does tend to um, be very cruel online. So to, to think that that wasn't going to happen is, is a little bit crazy. And honestly, I'm, I, I really give props to NWHL for, um, you know, standing up for their players and, and saying something about it because it is a very, um, messy situation and it the entire thing is just it's it's difficult because no matter what online um, one of the things that Barstool is is known for one of the things that Parknoy has always done with the um, you know the his brand and his business model essentially and and I mean it has gotten Barstool to where it is today is he believes and as you've seen him at like football getting kicked out of like Super Bowls and shit like he believes that any type of publicity is good publicity which is something like I haven't really heard since the days of like Britney Spears showing her vagina to um the paparazzi like that was kind of the days of those where any publicity was good publicity that's what he believes and that's what they believe even um even their ceo she was putting out their barf stool um shirt that was like their um basically uh they're making fun of them but then they sell it so they make money off of it so um they she was even using that opportunity to basically and then she said even her tweet says something about like um hate 
or something makes good marketing or something about them making good marketing. And so um, it's difficult because I feel to some degree um, as much as putting down Barstool and saying like, oh, you know, the things that they do are wrong and the, and the um, you know, the atmosphere that they create is wrong. Um, it's also, I think, great to ignore them because the more attention that you give them, um, the more they benefit from it because that's basically what they've built their business upon. Yeah, exactly. And there's another article again from from Hamal Javari, who I mentioned just a moment ago, where she wrote about, um, again, the Metropolitan Riveters player Soraya Tinker. And the headline is, the NWHL Soraya Tinker was brave enough to speak out. Hockey needs to stand behind her. Because like I said, she was the one to call out Barstool for furthering white supremacy and, and a racist, sexist culture. And not many others have specifically call, called that Barstool themselves. So I, I hope, uh, and I, I've shared these articles from Hamal out on my Twitter account, or Flores91, so you can go check them out, and you can check them out on USA Today and read them for yourself. But uh, the best thing, in my opinion, you can do right now, Sporty Nation, is, if, is watch the NWHL on Twitch. And I mentioned this on the Monday show, and I'm going to mention it again. If you have some some extra money lying around, you can gift subscriptions to the NWHL Twitch channel. They start at five bucks a month per subscription. And a lot of that money goes directly to the players. So if you are looking to support the league, instead of going out and spending it on another bottle of pink Whitney, where, and some of that money goes to Barstool, uh, go and support the NWHL. Go watch them on Twitch. Go watch their games. I watched a decent amount as much as I can of the of the end double as they're calling it this up in Lake Placid this year and it's been great and I can't wait to watch the semifinals and finals coming up here uh, on February 5th and 6th I believe Super Bowl weekend on NBC is when the semifinals and finals are going to be held in the NWHL so hope you guys check that out and keep continuing to support the league I Corey have gone all in I am a Minnesota Whitecaps fan just so you know Ooh, very nice. I, I'll definitely have to figure out who I'm who I'm rooting for. I mean, I, I could go Minnesota with things because of like uh, my Minnesota Vikings ness. I I would like to preface very quickly too, um, because I, you know after all of this, um, who knows? It, it could come back to bite me in the ass. Um, there, there's very few things on with Barstool that I, I really support, but um, I do um, somewhat support uh, Spit and Chicklets. Like I do um, listen to Spit and Chicklets and um, and stuff like that. I know that that some of that goes to Barstool, but um, a, a yeah, a friend of ours, um, Paul Bissonette, is is a pretty cool dude, and he um, really does care a lot about, um, women in the sport and really just trying to, um, further any cause within the sport. And, um, he's, he's pretty awesome. So for, for that fact, um, I, I do listen and support that podcast, even though, um, they are 
a part of Barstool. And uh, I just kind of wanted to say that because the fact that, you know, later if someone sees me drinking Pink Whitney or whatever and heard this episode and wants to give me shit, I will say that in advance that I that I do because of Paul Bissonnette um, uh, to some degree um, in, in that regard. Um, support Spit and Chicklets, not particularly their Barstool half, but the um, the podcast itself half. All right. Are you ready to uh, wrap up the show with some random shit? I have a couple of stories here before we get out of here. Uh, yes, I, I think after um, all of that very heaviness that we need uh, some random shit at this point. Let's begin with a maybe you shouldn't do this on a date. FYI, for your information here. Just a little PSA. So if you're going to scout women for on dating sites while you're on another date, Leave your reflective glasses at home. Let me explain. One dude didn't and is now being shamed online for being such a dope. Instead of paying attention to his companion, a 23-year-old TikTok user um, opted to fiddle with his phone. Studying the phone's reflection in the man's glasses, the woman realized he was checking out prospects on the dating app Bumble. She posted a video of the scene, her unimpressed face, the reflection in the man's glasses, and a close-up of the reflection to her TikTok, writing, I wish I was kidding. As of a couple days ago, it's racked up almost 500 million views. <laughs> Oops. That's hilarious. And, and it's funny because, like, I don't think a lot of people realize that your glasses give off such a reflection, but they do. Like, that's part of um, the thing that used to always drive me nuts about uh, newscasters wearing glasses, um, and which is why you don't see them wearing glasses that often, is there is a lot of cameras and lots of lights in front of them, and you can see all of that in their glasses. And so... Um, there's a lot of reflection that you can get off of your glasses, whether you know that or not. Um, I mean, I, I, there's plenty of times that I've taken with, with sunglasses in particular, where I've taken pictures of someone and I'm very clearly in, in the reflection of their glasses. Um, and uh, it, so it happens more often than you think. And uh how much of a dumbass do you have to be to be sitting there and like scrolling through Bumble while you're like, if you're really not that interested, why don't you just end the dates and go home, jerk yourself off and go through your Bumble uh, options? Like, don't you have something better to do than wasting this girl's time? See, I think it's more complicated than that. Maybe the girl just wasn't that interesting. Just kidding. I don't know. It's probably the guy. That, guys are assholes, everybody. We all know that. This guy's an but idiot. No, no. It, even if she wasn't very interesting, then come up with some excuse. Or, like, text your friend and be like, hey, can you call me and say there's an emergency? Be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. There was an emergency. Like, why keep her there and waste her time? Maybe she offered to pay for the meal? 
and so okay, then you're using her for a free meal. And I know females who have done that, where they've used men for a free meal, and I have called them out on it. I'm like, you are a complete asshole. That is such an asshole move. Like, I've always hated that. Don't do it. It's such a dick move. No matter if you're a guy or a girl, don't be that person. Don't waste people's time and don't waste people's money. All right. I got one more for you before we get out of here, Sporty Nation. Let's go to St. Agnes in Cornwall over in the UK. A cozy bunker built in 1961, which was abandoned back in 1991. Hey, I see where I was born. Under a field in St. Agnes, Cornwall, is on the market for $50,000. It was built to survive a nuclear bomb blast, and with enough provisions for two months, the one-room shelter also comes complete with the original rust bunk bed frames and a dubious working toilet. It's accessed by lifting a hatch and climbing down a rusty ladder. Could you quarantine in it? Yeah, if you want. They should have sold this thing. They should have sold this thing when COVID like hit its like highest peak. Mm-hmm. You can quarantine in it. No one can come into your bunker, and you can be COVID free. That's how I would have like put that thing on the market. <laughs> I, I yeah, I, that that's a great idea. the The lead to the story here on the New York Post says. Worried the COVID-19 vaccine might turn people into zombies? Afraid of a new Cold War? Or do you just simply want a simple place to call your own that no one else can get to? I mean, I think there was like an island that was saying that they were like, they were renting it out for even more than it already was for a private island. And I was about to be like, okay, it's already blocked out of money for like renting a private island. But, like, they raised it because of COVID, because people that are rich wanted to, like, have a private island. Well, um, I feel like this is that same situation. You can raise the price because, like, people want their own bunker. Um, And two, I think there really are people out there that are, that discovered. I think there's two different types of people. There is a people that either discovered that they really love being at home and away from people and are antisocial and really don't want to see people anymore. Those are the people that might be interested in this. And then the other people I think are the people that realize they're not as antisocial as they thought they were. They, when you're working all day and you're hearing from people all day and you're out and doing all these things, you want to be home and just like watching a movie and cozy, but like when you're in a situation where you're working from home and everything like that, you just want to get out and you want to see people. I, I so I think people realize they're not as antisocial as they thought they were. So it wouldn't be good for those people, but the first people, they they would buy the shit out of that place. Yeah, if I had fifty thousand dollars, I would spend it elsewhere. Everybody, it seems like a complete waste of money. <laughs> it's like it's like Absolutely. torturous. It's it's like torturing yourself, right? It's like going into the uh, uh, isolation or whatever they call it in Shawshank Redemption when Andy Dufresne keeps fucking up and they keep sending him into the hole. I feel like that's what this is. It's literally just grifting people for their money so that way they can torture themselves. So 
who knows? I mean, Saddam Hussein lived in a bunker like that for three months after after Iraq fell and we found him in a, in a hole like that, so. Yeah, well, the man was a psychopath, for one. And two, um, he was hiding. So um, maybe if you're, you're forced to hide, then yeah, it would be a good idea. Um, but yeah, even if there was a zombie apocalypse... I feel like I would be more in like a zombie land type thing where I would be kind of trying to like roam around and survive. Like I wouldn't just stay underground. Like eventually you've got to come back up. And what kind of life is that? <laughs> yeah, not fun. Not fun at all. All right, Spray Nation. That, uh, that's about does it for this episode. Coyote's taking on the Ducks coming up tonight. At Healy River Arena, it's a must-win game, in my opinion, as I stated earlier in the show. Do you have any last words before we go? Don't spend your money on underground bunkers um, unless it's uh, for temporary reasons because you think there might be a nuclear war. That I think that's the only time I think it's ever uh, acceptable. <laughs> All right, Sporty Nation, follow us on Twitter at Corey underscore Richie Show. Instagram at Corey Ritchie Show. And we will talk to you again on a very special day in the Sporty Nation, but we'll tell you more about that on Monday. Good night and good hockey, everybody. Oh, and happy late birthday, Scotty. 